Jason, if you'd come, he's going to preach for us tonight. So have your Bibles and have your hearts ready and just let the Lord do a great work through this good brother. Praise Lord. Do I need to do anything? You got it, Tim. You're good to go. Thank you, Pastor. And um, I love being here. I mean that. And it's, it's kind of nice uh, to be here, not during Powerhouse. As much as I love Powerhouse, but it's just nice to be with this church family because I love y'all. I mean that. And uh, your pastor today, I, I went to lunch with your pastor, and he is, he is one of just a couple of people uh, that I can just kind of throw stuff on. And he listens, and he is a blessing to me. Uh, lunch started with just the how are you's, you know what I mean, Rob? It was just kind of going through that motions a little bit. And then he asked a question, how are you? And I try to be very delicate because I want to, uh, especially when I'm on the road, I come to be a blessing. I want to be a help. And so your pastor, uh, I knew what he was asking. Him and I have many times sat in his office, and we have talked. And so I said, are you all right if I talk for a few minutes? He was like, I was hoping you would. And so he just, uh, he just helped me today, poured into me today, encouraged me today. It's just good to be a Christian and it's good to have good Christian friends. I appreciate it. When Tim reached out, I was so excited to be able to come and do the, the score of, I feel bad for your teenagers. I mean, they're getting like a pile of Jason Garner right now. And that is, that's not a good thing is all I can tell you. Y'all know what, what I mean by that in about 15 minutes. Y'all will be like, is this almost over? Good grief. So I want to get out of there. I just went out uh, to supper with Tim and uh, with Brother Tim and Miss Carla, and I was driving here, and I was about a mile away, and I said, Nick, do you see my suit jacket and tie in the back? Guys, I was in flip-flops, cut-off shorts, and a wife beater. I mean, that's what I was. Y'all don't even know what that is. I probably shouldn't have said that, but I was in a tank top. No, I was not. That's a lie. Good grief. You die out here in that. Uh, but I did not have my tie, and so I was like, man, I got to run to the hotel. So I ran to the hotel. Right now, the hotel only has one elevator. I was dying. I like to come. I like to sit, you know, just relax, meet people, talk. Usually me and pastor go in his office, smoke a cigar for a few minutes, relax before service. You know what I mean? Just get close to the spirit. And so uh, I rushed in here with 702 uh, and uh, Tim had to, you know, kind of get us in the door. I had to get my tie on, uh, but I love it. And Tim and Rob, and I, I've told the teenagers this many times and their wives, they they are friends of mine, and they really are. And I do love this church, and you probably think that I'm being cordial, and I, and I do try to be cordial in any church that I go to. Uh, but I do also want you to know that this place just holds a very special place in me and my wife's heart. Uh, she was very glad for me to be able to come. She is a blessing to me, sends me off all the time. I think there's a reason why she sends me off all the time. I could be wrong. I, I do not know. Uh, but she sends me off all the time, and uh, always taking care of us. I was so glad uh, to bring Nick. Do you, Nick, do you want to come up, do a little dance or anything? Nothing. You'll sit there. Okay, Nick's going to sit there. I'll do the preaching for tonight. Smile, Nick. Look at that. Yeah, that's good. There you go. There's that fake smile. Thank you so much. I'm your dad, and, and you're going to listen to me. So uh, we've had a great time. I'm surprised we haven't been kicked out of the hotel yet. I'll be honest with you. We're rowdy up there. We have a really good time. We're on the sixth floor, and, uh, you know, we do all kinds of crazy stuff, but we're having a good time. Thank you. Carrie and Paul took me out to supper last night had a great time with y'all thank you very much I mean three hours about two and a half three hours at Longhorn last night and so uh, we just had a great time just fellowshipping last night and so I'm glad to be here and I know it's midweek service uh, and so a lot of you you've been in a lot of places don't you love midweek service 
Amen. I like coming. It's just kind of that midweek fix. Uh, there's been a lot going on, and so you get to get to the house of the Lord, be refreshed. I won't be long tonight, okay? And as a matter of fact, I usually have a three-point outline. Tonight, it's two points. How do you guys like? Amen. You guys are good, so you'll enjoy that. So here we go. Let's get into the Word of God. I love my Bible, and I, I want you to know I've been pushing the teenagers. Uh, part of the revival, I want you all to go to Genesis chapter 32, but I've been pushing the teenagers this week. Uh, if you want to be a successful Christian for Christ, you got to be in your Bible. Yeah, let me say that again. Some of you husbands, you wish you'd do a better job being a husband. Some of you wives, you wish you'd do a better job uh, being a wife. Some of you wives wish your husband would do a better job at being a husband. Yes, I understand that. Trust me. Uh, but what I'm telling you is this, is that we do hold the words of God. And he will help us. And tonight I'll preach from the Bible. I, I really enjoy preaching the stories. Uh, today, one of the services, uh, I, I preached and uh, I preached out of Genesis and I used the story of Joseph today. Well, we're going to back up teenagers just a little. We're going to talk about Joseph's daddy. Uh, his name is Jacob. And, and I want you to get a little bit of the, the, the history here. Jacob was a trickster. Jacob was one who, he, he was one of those smooth guys, man. He could have he could have head down to Atlantic City and probably walk out with a good amount of money. Uh, my wife does a good job gambling. I'm not so good. No, I'm just kidding. I don't believe in gambling. Uh, and I don't believe in cigars. Your pastor does, but I do not. I just wanted to make that clear. That was a joke, okay? He's always offering them to me, but I don't actually take them, okay? But uh, he was one of these guys that was, was smooth. And we'll talk a little bit more about his name but Jacob had, had made his living uh, deceiving, let me just say. And when you're that kind of person and you don't live God's way, it gets tiresome. When you don't do anything God's way, eventually you wear down, you get, you get worn down. Uh, I, I'm for standards. I, I'm for doing it right. I'm for living for God. I'm against cigars. I'm against gambling. I'm against alcohol, drugs. I'm against watching movies that have cussing in it. How do y'all like that? We don't even have any of that in our home. Uh, I don't like sin. I, and I think God hates sin as well. And we, we absolutely know that. But Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel, his sons, Jacob that we know, he is now, his trickery has caught up to him. He has, even though God has a plan, I don't want to confuse this. God had made a promise to his daddy how the birthright would end up going to Jacob. But it was done in a way, Abraham had this, this situation. We could talk about that a little bit. I'm not going to tonight. But there was men in the Bible that God had made promises to, but they tried to fulfill those promises their way. That's never a good idea, by the way. Do you understand that? Jacob was one of those. He knew that God had promised him some things, but he had tried to do it his way. Aren't we good at being a Christian and we're good at showing up and we're good at being in, in our place, but have you ever been one of those Christians that have tried it your way and it just ain't worked real good? Well, that's been me, for sure. And it's always good when you tune back into God's way. Well, Jacob had, in his brother's eyes, and again, God had a plan here. I don't want to confuse that, and I, I'm not going to go back for time's sake and cover all that. Uh, but there was a day where Esau felt like his brother had stolen his birthright. And Esau wanted to kill his brother. Jacob knew that. And so Jacob had lived kind of on the run. Well, that running was about to stop. His brother Esau was just on the other side of a hill, and they're about to see each other for the very first time. And Jacob thinks that, that Esau 
is going to want to take his life. He's come up with a plan. He's got a couple of wives. He splits that. Uh, the family's up, sends one one direction, one the other. And Jacob is now alone, and that's where we catch up. Esau is just really the next morning. They're going to see one another, and he realized he's about to run into this problem that he's been running from for quite a while. Can I just tell you, your problems eventually catch up with you. Thank God we have God to help us through those problems. Amen? But here he is, and I want you to look at verse 24. It says this, and Jacob was left alone. It's good to get alone sometimes. If you don't get alone with God, he'll, he'll force you into some position sometimes where you'll be alone with him. Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him. This was the Lord until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. This was now a touch and, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh, you see there, was out of joint. That remained that way for the rest of his life. And as he wrestled with him, Verse 26, and he said, let me go for the day breaketh. This is the angel of the Lord speaking to Jacob. Let me go. And he, he being Jacob, and he, Jacob said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Ain't that funny? The guy here, pastor, that has all the money, he's got the women, he's got the cattle. He has so much. It's more than, than, than he could ever spend in a lifetime. He has worked to do this. He has not just tricked his brother into taking his birthright. He has not just that. He's tricked his father-in-law. If you know his story here, he has, he has done all kinds of things and made people upset to gain this wealth. And when it comes down to the end of it, the man who had all just wanted to be blessed by God. Very interesting there. The pleasures of life never bring true pleasure. He had it all. I mean, he had a ton of it. He had more blessings than you could imagine. Earthly blessings, I'll say. And when he came to this point, he said, God, I will not let you go until you bless me. Can I tell you what you'll find out? You teenagers, you listen to me good. What you'll find out, you parents, you listen to me good. You can work all the hours that you want. You can put in those 60 and 70 hour weeks. Man, you can sacrifice the time with your children. You can not mentor them like you should. And here's what you'll find. At the end of it, you'll look back and say, really, all I want is the blessings of God because God can give what this world cannot offer. Jacob had it all. And when it came to the end of that, he said, but God, I'm missing one thing, and that's the blessing, only the blessing that you can give me. You say, teenagers, teenagers, why in the world do you push us so hard to walk with God? Because what God can do for us, no one else can do. Why do you push us so hard to walk with God in life? Why in the world do you tell us all the time that this life is the best life? Because here's what I'm telling you, is it doesn't matter the wealth. It doesn't matter the things of the world. Listen to me, do you know the $100,000 cars have an ignition and heat and seats and they take you from a point A to point B just like the $8,000 cars do? Does everybody understand that? And do you realize this? I just last week went on a wonderful date with my wife. We went to the Biltmore. Has anybody ever toured the Biltmore in Asheville? What a magnificent house. But you know, I was, I was a little surprised that as we went into the, the master bedroom, it just had one bed. I'm not surprised by that. You only need one. But just one bed. This house that has 175 rooms in it, 
46 bathrooms, a swimming pool down in the basement built, built all this time ago, massive house. When they were building the Biltmore house, they actually put in a railway to ship all, it is a magnificent place. They brought in all of these bits and pieces on this train, they would deliver it. And when the house was finally built, they just pulled up the railroad and put it away. Magnificent place. But as I toured this beautiful house, and I was standing in that master bedroom, I just thought, out of all of these rooms at night, this man just lays down in one bed at night. Doesn't matter how much stuff you have. Doesn't matter how big it is. Doesn't matter how great it is. And I hope you make a bazillion dollars and give it to God and, and, and you're a blessing with it. I'm not against wealth. We see throughout the Bible how God, God right here, I'm talking about a man that God had given much of this to. But I am talking about this. No true happiness is found through that. True happiness. And here's Jacob and man, once he gets face to face with God, he said, man, I ain't letting you go till you bless me. I'm not letting you go. When are you going to get to the point in your life where all you want is God? When are you going to get to the point in your life where all the stuff matters no more? All you want is God. When, when are you going to get to that point where you're saying, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I've tried, but God, all I want is you. That's where you find Jacob. I will not let you go until you bless me. Read on verse 27. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. The angel asked him that. He said, Jacob. Now watch this, 28. And he said, thy name shall be no more called Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Wow, what a blessing. He gave him that blessing, verse 29. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, wherefore is it to, where is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. Verse 30, and Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I've, I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. As he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him and he halted upon his thigh. There was that walk. His walk, watch this, you ready? His walk was changed forever. His walk was changed forever, verse 32. Therefore, the children of Israel eat not of the sinew. This is an interesting verse, by the way. We'll come back to it at the end. Therefore, the children of Israel eat not of the sinew. The sinew is like a, is, is, is like a, a tie to some of the bones. It's a, it is something in there that they will not eat, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. Let's pray. Lord, I do love you. I pray that, God, you'd help me uh, to challenge your people tonight, God. I pray that, Lord, here for just a couple of minutes, God, I do see the time and I don't want to hold them long, but I do want to uh, be an encouragement to your people. And I pray that, that, Lord, you would just help me now, God, as I, as I go through your word, that I would encourage your people. I, I don't know in here tonight who is facing what. And, God, I do not know in here tonight, Lord, who is battling what and battling through what. But, God, may they... Understand tonight that having you is enough. I pray that you'd help a home in here tonight, help a dad, help a mom, help a marriage, Lord, help a teenager, God, and do what only you can do. And I love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Aren't you thankful for when God changed your life? 
Do y'all remember for just a moment, just think for a second, man, who you were before, man, you got saved? Or how about this, my testimony? Man, I got saved when I was five years old, but, but man, as I went through my teen years, just really got away from God. But as a young adult, God got a hold of my life, and I praise the Lord for that, man. I have, I have seen, Rob, I've seen life after life that, man, people that I ran with in my teen years and in my young adult years, I have now seen the product of not living for God and what that's like. Hasn't Facebook and Instagram and social media accounts, hasn't that given us a picture into the lives of so many people? I know they strap on the smiles. I know the pictures look pretty. But, man, don't we know many of the struggles of what it is like to live away from God? And, and we're not better than anybody that, that we follow on a social media account. We're not better than anybody. God help us. Listen to me. Just because we are in church tonight doesn't make us better than one person. And when I make that statement tonight, everybody in here, you would say, amen. You know why? Because you're flesh and you make mistakes and, and you still fall and you're not perfect. And man, you wish you did it better. and You wish you were a better Christian for Christ. But man, how about it? It's. God that got a hold of our lives. Joseph, his, his name meant supplanter. How about this? I want you to get this before God changed. One who illegally seizes or holds the place of another. Someone who steals, who takes what is not theirs. That has been Jacob. And when he ran uh, nose to nose, face to face with God, God changed him and gave him the name Israel. And here's what Israel means, triumphant with God. Wouldn't you say now that you look at your life and who you are today compared to who you were yesterday? Isn't it amazing how today, how you should be in, in a ditch somewhere, even if you were making six figures and making big money, you met God and today you would say this, I am triumphant with God. Thank God, good. Some of you in here, man, you were on some paths that, man, were so destructive. I'm trying to get you to remember who you were tonight. You said it's a midweek service. A pastor doesn't preach like this on Wednesdays. Oh, well, I'm just going to preach the way that I, that I feel like the Lord wants me to preach. I want to encourage you. Help, help yourself tonight to remember the path that you were on. But yet today, God, watch this. Your name may not be Israel tonight, but I will tell you what your name is. It is Christian. You now bear the name of Christ you're triumphant you are triumphant could you imagine trying to be a dad without without Christ could you imagine trying to be a mom without Christ could you imagine not having the Bible in your life like it is teenagers listen to me it's so worth it to have all of these things in your life and Jacob knew what it was on this night and on this day when he got a hold of God he said I ain't letting you go till you change me Everybody in this room, if you're a saved Christian, there was a day that you said, God changed me. And on that day, you got saved. The world just wasn't doing it anymore for you. Life wasn't fulfilling like you thought it would end up being. And here's Jacob. And now God has changed his name to Israel. He is triumphant with God. And I praise the Lord. Listen to me. We are living the best life. Do you know how we can say that we are triumphant? You got to think about these words. Listen to me. This word triumphant, the reason that we say we are triumphant is because watch this. We are fighting battles and we are winning. 
Now, you say this, I don't feel very triumphant with God. Listen to me, you forget this. We're gonna fight the battles. We're gonna be in the middle of the war. We're gonna go through those things. But praise the Lord, listen to me. God is making us triumphant through him. What if you're gonna live these same days, have the same kids, work the same jobs, face the same trials, but if you were not saved, you would do it without Christ. Aren't you so glad that you have something like a midweek service to come through when you have been fighting many of those trials and you can be encouraged one more time by someone who gets up and says, we are triumphant through Christ. Couldn't imagine doing this life without God. God changed Jacob after he met him. And your life has been changed. Let me show you two things about Jacob in this story. Just two things tonight. First thing I see is this. I see a, a lingering weakness. I see a lingering weakness in the life of Jacob here. This, this thigh that, 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 that God had touched. Can I tell you what it was? It was a visual appearance that he had met with God. And it was a fresh reminder every single day for Jacob to never forget the moment that he met God. Can I tell you what? One thing you're going to learn about when you meet God is this. You are going to learn your weaknesses. You are going to learn that you are weak. And what God begins to show us is that through his word, how much we need him day by day. Through his word, how much we are dependent on him. And listen to me, Christian, I want you to understand you are weak, but we are made strong through Christ. You are weak and you do feel like you're going to buckle. But praise the Lord, the way that you do not buckle, the way that you make it is because just like with Joseph, with, with Jacob here, God had touched his life and absolutely did it show lingering weakness. But he always had a God that always took him through the things he was weakest in. Every time that, 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 that leg would start acting up, man, that thigh, and he was walking in on those tough days, he'd say, man, it's just a fresh reminder, I'm weak, but boy, I've got a God that changed me. He'd walk around on that leg, and he'd just start thinking, I'll never forget the day that God got a hold of me. It's my fresh reminder of how weak I am. Do you ever wake up and you say, man, I'm weak. I don't feel like I'm gonna make it through this life. Well, let me tell you what, you have a God that through your weakness, his strength is made absolutely Perfect. The weaker that you are, the stronger he must be in your life. The weaker that you are, the stronger he must be in your life. Can I tell you why? Because Christian, he has promised to never leave us or forsake us. You will not be the Christian who becomes the exception that God left you alone. You will not be the exception that, that God ruined your life. You will not be the exception that you say, I don't know. I, I don't think God was taking care of me. Oh no, God is taking care of you. On our worst day, we step out of this life. Life and into eternity with him forever. Let me tell you what you are. Let me just tell you what you are. We are, we are weak. We are weak. But you know what? Our weakness becomes a testimony of his strength. Let me say that again just so you get it tonight. Our weakness becomes a testimony of his strength 
Because as you make it through life, there's only one way you will be able to tell others that you're making it, and that's through Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad, man, you have the truth of God's word? Aren't you so glad that you have a pastor? Aren't you so glad that you have a staff? Aren't you so glad that you have good Christian friends? Aren't you so glad that, man, as much as I attack social media and, man, self, I'm so glad I have a good playlist that, man, I can play some good Christian music. I said Christian music. It ain't country music. I like a little bit of rap, but not much rap, okay? I'm just kidding. That's a joke, all right? But listen to me, a good playlist that I am so glad that, that, that I have truth that I play through the music and, Man, I I grab a podcast and I listen to some good Bible-based preaching. Can I tell you what? Listen to me. I am so glad that when I'm weak, I can turn in so many different directions and find strength through the Word of God. Your weakness is a testimony to those around you of God's strength. You better get that. I don't like what God's doing to me. Right, he's weakening you. I, I, don't, I don't like these situations I'm going through. I don't like the ones I'm going through. But can I tell you what? The weaker that Jason Garner is, the more that people see God in me. Did you get that? The weaker that I am, the more that God is seen through me. And I realize in your life, you feel like many times you are so weak and you will not be able to make it. But let me tell you what, number one, you will make it. Let me say that again. Number one, you will make it. But number two, here's what I want you to see is that through your weakness, you are glorifying God. Why? Because you're making it just fine. You're making it just fine. God is gonna take care of you. And I know that it's hard days many times. But here was Jacob and Man, there was, a, there was a pain in his life. There was a hurt. There was an injury that every day, but you know what it was? It was a weakness that was a reminder of how big God had become in his life. That's who this man was. John the Baptist said it great in John 3.30 when he said this. He must increase, but I must decrease. What a moment. What a realization. Church, what I'm telling you is this, is you'll find some lingering weaknesses you wish would go away. You wish that some of those things would change. Those lingering weaknesses that you just w- wish it would adjust. I, I don't like that diagnosis and I don't like that situation that we're dealing with and, and, and I, don't, I don't like how this goes and I don't, I don't like when, when we're dealing with this and I wish my kid would change and get right with God and, and, and man, I wish my spouse would come back and I wish all of those, in those lingering weaknesses, you feel like you're gonna collapse but you have no idea how big you're making God look and how much we see God in your life. Think about Jacob walking on that thigh. People look at him and say, t- turn to one of his boys and say, look, I don't, I don't want to ask you, dad, but what's going on? What's going on with his leg? And they look at him and say, he had a meeting with God. Mm. He'd been different ever since. That, that was the night that daddy got a hold of God and said, I ain't letting go until you bless me. And he said this, I'll bless you, but I'm about to change you. You all right with that? He said, I ain't letting go. Now, I'm going to change you, Jacob. Like, it's all going to change. You're getting a new name. You're going to walk different. But let me tell you what, when all that happens, 
they're going to see a lot more of me in your life. You all right with that? And he just said face to face with God. He said, do it because I want your blessing. The blessings of God many times come through weaknesses. Maybe not the message you wanted to hear tonight. But maybe the message you needed to hear tonight because you feel weak right now and you have no idea how the strength of God's bringing you through. It'll bring you through tomorrow. And let me tell you what, it'll take you through a lifetime. A lifetime. A lingering weakness. You know, teenagers, today I told you about Pharaoh and the wagons. I told you about the long journey. Jacob looked at them and said, oh, fall not out by the way. Make the journey. Come back. The king's good. He, he can pay on his promises, and he's made them. I have a popcorn kernel in my tooth, and I just cannot get rid of it, Rob. It is bothering the fire out of me right now. I just keep picking on it while I am preaching. So if I'm going like this, it's because I have a popcorn kernel. Okay, I'm sorry. You brought in the youth pastor. I didn't ask to come, all right? This is how we act. But isn't it an amazing thing? God did change him that night and he, he changed his walk and he weakened him. And what an amazing story of how, how the teenagers heard all this today. Joseph is taken as a young man and, and, and lied. It's lied. His story is lied about to Jacob here. And, and, and the, the story is told that he's been eaten by some kind of animal. And they hand dad this Jacob this coat of many colors and there's blood on it. Many of you know the story. And then 20 years goes by, the house of Potiphar, and Joseph's back in jail, and then he lands second in command of all of Egypt. Do you know that the day, at the end of Genesis, the day that Jacob here walks into the palace, Pharaoh's palace, he still that day, he didn't walk in normally, he still had that, watch this, you ready for this? He still had that limp. In that day, he walked in with that limp. He had asked God to bless him all those years ago. You know what the limp was a representation of? Getting a hold of God. Do you know what walking into the palace was? The fulfillment of the blessing. He said he was walking into the palace that day. His boy, governor of all of Egypt, number two guy. Pharaoh basically ate three meals in his palace and hung out and watched Joseph do all the work. And I'm sorry if you don't know the story, the, the full story of this. But I just want you to understand is that, that, that Jacob on this day that I just read you, he got a hold of God and said, you bless me. Can I tell you what ended up happening? He changed that walk and he found himself in the massive power of the world, the greatest palace in all of the world. He walked in and his boy is sitting there, sitting there basically on the throne. He said, I remember all those years. Watch this. You ready for this? I remember all those years, God. I said, would you bless me? And I'm not letting you go. And God, and God, you looked at me eyeball to eyeball and said, I'll bless you. Let me tell you what. When you get a hold of God, you'll be looking at blessings down the road in life. You never knew were coming. I'll be honest with you. My eight babies that the Lord has blessed me with, uh, Brother Tim, I don't know greater blessings than to see God pour out on them and bless their life. I can't think of a better blessing. And when he walked into that palace at the end of Genesis and he's looking around and he's looking at Pharaoh and there sits his boy alive. He and he walks in, walking on that, on that thigh out of joint. And he looked up and, and probably looked down and thought, I sure have been blessed. 
God did exactly what I asked him for. But how did God do it? To get him there, he weakened him. I don't like that. I don't like being weakened. I, I, I don't like that. I do, I do not enjoy it. I'm a professional complainer. Bless God, I have a popcorn kernel in my tooth right now and I want the piano player to come so I can go to the altar. But blessings that God give us, God gives us many times are accompanied by weakness. For Jacob it was. And the Lord blessed him. Not only do I see a lingering weakness, but I also see this, man. I see a liberated longing. Liberated longing. Boy, hadn't it changed his desires, man. Had gone from material desires, money and wealth and, and all of this. And now, man, you know what he wanted? He just wanted heavenly desires. Parents, I, I encourage you, listen to me. Get your mind on the things of God. Look at your home and see it spiritually. I've, we've, Trish and I, not that we've figured everything out. My goodness, have we not? Lord, I'll tell you this much, working in the youth ministry and then suddenly your children become teenagers, you start realizing something. Man, all that stuff I've been telling them parents, that's wrong. <laughs> now I've got to raise my own teenagers. But let me tell you what, man. Let me tell you what it comes down to is this, is that be very careful we don't push our teenagers towards the things of this world. You've got, you, you mean, you've got to achieve the wealth and you've got to get this level of education. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You have got to be very careful because listen to me, what's more important than a four-year degree? What's more important than, and I'm for education, my goodness. I'm here preaching a Christian school revival. I, I, I am all for education. I'm for it. But let me tell you what. There is nothing like teaching your children that going for God is the best thing in life. There is nothing, there is nothing greater than that. Their walk with God cannot become backseat to so many other things that we push them to. You do what you can to just get them close to God and keep them there. They're going to have to make their choices. They may choose to walk away. You feel like a failure parent. Let me tell you what, Jesus Christ, died on the cross and many after all of his sacrifice turn their back and walk away he understands sacrifice he understands trying to give the best to someone and them turning their back you know how he understands I know he understands that I don't got to point at any other life I know how patient he has been with me with me I don't need your testimony. I don't need, and I love hearing your testimony. I don't need to know about the patience of God. I don't need to know about the goodness of God, the mercy of God. I don't need to know your, I don't need to hear your testimony say, is that what God's like? Oh no, I've seen all that goodness in my own life. I've experienced all of that. His greatness, his goodness. When my heart was away, when, when, when I was cold and I was distant and my Bible had not been picked up in some time and my prayer life was suffering, listen to me, I'm telling you, I have seen the love of God in those times. He did not give up on me when I gave up on him. 
Today I was in Rob's office and I just, I write some things down as I'm praying sometimes. And man, this morning I was just writing out some praises to thank, thank God for. And I went back to a time period in my life where I was away from God. Much of what we talked about last night. I just, just this morning I was just thinking about, man, how good God was. And we, we just shared our testimonies a little bit at Longhorn last night. I just started thinking about, listen to me, the calling of God in those years that I wandered, Pastor. He just kept it. He just kept it and said, I'm still going to give it to you. I'm just going to extend that mercy right now. And there just wasn't a day where he just said, I'm done with you. He just protected that calling that he had on my life. He held on to it and said, you're making a mess right now, but man, I'm going to work it all to the good. I'm going to bring you all back. Listen, I, I, I know what's going to happen and I'm still going to call. I'm still going to have that calling to preach. I'm still going to let you be a husband. I'm still going to let you be a dad. Listen to me. That was God's goodness in my life. I appreciate your testimony, but boy, you should know mine. It is one of God's goodness. It's one of God. Listen to me. I love the goodness of God. In my life, it's been the greatness of God. He has been amazing. I want you to know that Jacob, there was a time in his life where he shifted from earthly desires to heavenly desires. And this was the moment that you see it happen. Can I tell you what? He felt liberated in that. Christian, listen to me. Get your hope back. God is working in your life. Get your peace back. I quit. Listen to me. You can take your Bibles and shut them. I'm done. Quit, quit, quit letting your circumstances deem all the time just what kind of joy you're going to have in a day. Man, because all it takes is the way we move communication. Takes one text message, that's it. Takes one phone call, and that's it. And I want you to know is that Jacob had a meeting with God, and everything changed. In church, if you have had that same meeting with God, then your life has changed. And you may feel weak many times in your situation. But you have a God whose strength is still working through your weakness and it is being made perfect in your life. And you may feel like in your life, man, that things are just long, uh, uh, staying for too long. They're lingering at that point in your life. But I do want you to understand is that as your desires change for God, just like Jacob experienced, once he got a hold of God, he lived in the blessings of God the rest of his life. Church, that's where you are. Maybe tonight, man, you came into this midweek service and you just thought, man, I, I just, uh, you know, Lord, I, 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 I'm tired of these things and I'm, I'm tired of being beat down and I'm, I'm tired of it. Well, church, I want to encourage you tonight. You met God, everything's going to be fine. And the promises that he has given you tonight, just like Jacob found at the end, the blessing that God gave him here, those blessings walked with him for the rest of his life. And they were fulfilled. Every head bowed, every eye closed.